Welcome, dumbheads, to MDC, the Mega Dumbcast. In this final leg of Season 5, I'm reading my way through every single goddamn page in The Revenge of Kang, the final module in the Time Warp Adventure series for TSR's Marvel Super Heroes role-playing game. And as I do, I'm identifying the dumbest thing on each page. Every episode is one page, every episode is short. The Revenge of Kang was written by Ray Winninger and was published in 1990. Today we're discussing page two of The Revenge of Kang. We are barely discussing this page because this is the introduction, which is almost all reprinted introductory material from the other books. You know, how does time travel work in the Marvel Universe, and so on. There is one bit of new relevant information at the end that we'll talk about for just a moment, and then ironically we will leave that very complicated topic after glossing over it just briefly and spend the rest of this episode talking about something the author mentions in like half a sentence, and it should be the simplest thing in the world, but comic books being comic books, it's a rabbit hole that is deep well beyond the bounds of our physical universe. So, about time travel. We get the whole thing about rivers, we get the whole thing about canoes, we get the whole thing about the death of your goldfish, Skippy, you've heard this before. But now, we get some additional information about the consequences of time travel that a responsible time travel educator would definitely have given us back in all this in World War II. An interesting side effect of time travel in the Marvel Universe is that any traveler journeying back and forth within the time streams is duplicated in the cosmic order, where once there was one traveler, there are now two. Thus, there are hundreds of copies of someone like Kang, who constantly flits back and forth within the various time streams, in existence, and another copy is created each and every time one of the Kangs travels in time. These duplicates are usually safely segregated into separate diverging time streams, but it is quite possible for a traveler with the ability to move between the different time streams like Kang the Conqueror, to meet a copy of himself. It goes on to say that Kang is an ideal example of this because he has had so many different identities. He's even had battles against himself from time to time. All of this is good to know. It makes the river analogy even worse because you recall the idea is that the river splits into all these different streams, but then people who have a time machine have an upstream canoe and they can go upstream and choose a different stream. And that's how you can change history with a time machine, go to alternate timelines with a time machine. But what we're now hearing is that there continues to be one of you in each stream. So while you may have the subjective experience of going upstream in your canoe and then going down a different stream, in fact, what you've done is create a different version of yourself who's going down a different stream. So at the point when we've got an infinitely wide river with two-way traffic in each stream, with people bumping into themselves in canoes going opposite directions, uh, I think we can safely throw out the river metaphor. Well, we'll just have to try something else. How about The multiverse is like a fucked up disaster. Nobody knows what's going on. Everybody's running around all over the place. Nothing makes sense, but you're not sure whether that's because the unthinkable has actually happened or that you're so completely out of your depth that your brain has just given up, closed its storm shutters, and hunkered down for the duration. So that's sorted. Fucked up disaster. Moving on. I want to direct you to the very beginning of the page, the very first words on the very first numbered page of this book. Quote, Remember the good old days? When the Fantastic Four was still the Fantastic Four, and Spider-Man was still a nerdy college student, remember when Thor would regularly transform himself into the lame young physician named Donald Blake, and the X-Men all wore matching uniforms? I do remember those days. I seem to recall us using a lot of ableist language back then, and those X-Men uniforms were bad. But the original Fantastic Four was the best Fantastic Four, and the X-Men's fashion status got significantly worse before it got better, so it's pros and cons. Let's strive for a future where we treat and speak to all people with sensitivity and inclusiveness, but we also don't fuck around with the Fantastic Four's roster or have Alicia marry Johnny 
or give the Invisible Woman a number four shaped boob window, or trap half the team in another dimension, or turn Doctor Doom into a good guy, or whatever the fuck. The first part is more important. Don't get me wrong. It's just we don't have to choose. We can have it all. What we can't have, as we will soon discover, is a Kang plot to go back and neutralize Thor via time travel. As we've already been talking about, Kang's plan here is to go back and do things in the history of various superheroes before they became superheroes to prevent them from becoming superheroes, and that's just going to make the world a whole lot easier to take over. He is going to go back and try to prevent the Fantastic Four from becoming the Fantastic Four. He is going to go back and try to stop Spider-Man from becoming Spider-Man. But while Thor is mentioned here alongside Donald Blake, minor spoilers, Kang has no plans to go back and prevent Thor from becoming Thor. Uh, The reason, to put it simply, is that Thor has always been Thor... Or at least, as far as we're concerned, a long time before the early 1960s. But it's a complicated situation. It's a dumb situation. This is one of those cases where I'm going to give the author a break today because there's a bunch of material here that I could pick on, but most of it is material that we've already talked about. It's reprinted from other books. And the author doesn't write all his own dumb material. The author incorporates a lot of dumb material from the Marvel Universe. I mean, obviously, he would be remiss not to. In this book, we're going to see a lot of dumb Marvel stuff from the 60s, early 60s, when all this stuff was still kind of solidifying. A lot of that early stuff got very messy as continuity marched on, and one of those things is the strange case of Donald Blake. So here's the thing. When Thor was introduced in real life, in comic books, there's this doctor, a blonde white man from America who uses a cane. His name is Donald Blake. He goes on vacation to Norway. While he's there, he sees some aliens. They're made of rocks, and that was not as common a look in the early 1960s Marvel Universe as it would later become. I feel like maybe Donald Blake judged them a little bit by their appearance, unfairly, but he wasn't able to fit too much prejudice in before one of them loudly said, Remember, death to any who discover our presence. So, there you have it. Reason to fear and hate. Very convenient. Just then, Donald Blake stepped on a twig. The aliens heard. They chased Donald Blake. He dropped his cane. It looked like he was done for, but he found a cave. He went to hide in the cave. He went deeper into the cave, and it turned out to have a secret compartment. A whole secret room in the cave. And there was a rocky pedestal in the secret chamber. And on the rocky pedestal was a gnarled wooden cane. And Donald Blake thought, maybe I can take this and use it as a lever to move a rock in front of the mouth of the cave. Because Donald Blake is not an archaeologist, he's a pragmatist. A hidden ancient Norse artifact, crafted of centuries-old wood in pristine condition, in a heretofore undiscovered secret chamber. Let me see if I can kind of jimmy this under some rocks and knock them over. That ought to slow down those rock aliens and the study of history too, but I don't give a fuck. So, Donald Blake attempts to move the rock. He can't move the rock. He was just thinking, boy, it sure would be nice to have the immense strength of a deity from a culture not my own, when suddenly he hit the rock with his stick. This isn't even pragmatic. It's just real. I hate you, rock. And there's lightning, and he changes shape, and suddenly he is not holding a once pristine but recently wrecked artifact of the past, but the Hammer of Thor. It has words written on the side, quote, Whosoever holds this hammer, if he be worthy, shall possess the power of dot 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 Thor. Thor is bigger than the other words. In case you want to skim the hammer, you might be in a hurry. Might be fighting trolls. Thor, I got it. Let's do it. So then there's a great panel of Thor swinging his hammer around, and he's just kind of pumping his fist in the air. And he's like, Thor? Thor, the god of thunder, Thor? Thor's the best god of all the gods, and I'm him. This is Thor's hammer. I'm Thor. Hell yeah. So he hucks that rock out of the way, and he has a think about, like, Thor, Thor, Thor. I was not prepared for this. What do I know about Thor? And he sits down, and he puts down Mjolnir to really concentrate. Mjolnir is the hammer, of course. 
You don't need to say things like that anymore. Everyone knows the name of Thor's hammer. This is the world we live in. A lot of people know who Yondu is. What is this world? Anyway, <laughs> Thor says, quote, The fourth day of the week, Thursday, was named in his honor. He was... What? What's happening to me? I'm... I'm changing again. Thor traditionally speaks in kind of a fakey Shakespearean dialect, which typically would get an English accent, but I don't do English accents, so I'm just making Thor a little bit extra. And indeed, in the next panel, he's back to his weakling Donald Blake body and his dweeby-looking Donald Blake blue hat, but then he sees the text on the hammer again, he reads it more carefully this time, and he's like, oh, whosoever holds this hammer, if he be worthy, shall possess the power of Thor. It's not whosoever picks up this hammer, if he be worthy, shall henceforth possess the power of Thor. It's whoever holds this hammer, an ongoing action, shall possess the power of Thor, conditional upon continuing to hold. Exceptions may apply. Got it, got it, got it. So he picks it back up. Bingo, he's Thor again. And then he remembers all kinds of shit that he learned about Mjolnir in school, apparently. Not much else stuck for him from his mythology lessons in grade school, I guess. But he had a cool teacher who taught him that Thor's hammer is enchanted, that it returns to his hand when he throws it, that the hammer is invincible, that he can make a tornado. Maybe everybody wrote a little one-page paper about one of the badass things Thor's hammer can do. That would be a very effective way to teach kids to always remember that hammers are cool. So then he kind of experiments with it and figures it out, right? I tap it on the ground to make storms. And then if I tap it three times on the ground, then the storm stops. And then if I tap it once, then I change back into Donald Blake, which is a problem if you think about it. This is not a perfect system because one tap means like, I want to be Donald Blake. And three taps is supposed to mean, I want the power of the storm. But it could be misinterpreted as, I really, really, really want to be Donald Blake, uh, which in a scenario where you need lightning powers, you do not. So anyway, Thor goes to fight off the aliens and he becomes a big, powerful, important superhero, founding member of the Avengers, etc., etc. He has this love triangle kind of thing where, as Dr. Donald Blake, he has an employee, Jane Foster, but he feels like she could never love him because he uses a cane, which is like, buddy, have you seen men? Consider her perspective. But anyway, she thinks Thor is hot, and Thor wants to be in love with her, but Thor is a god. Donald Blake is a man, but Donald Blake is a man who has a slightly different gait from other men, and therefore he's hideous, don't look at him, he's too much of a weakling, blah blah blah. So there's this whole thing, it's like a, it's like a two-person love triangle, right? And I mean, they go back and forth in their feelings about each other. They try to keep all these identical storylines dynamic in early Marvel comics. Anyway, my point is, none of that is true. Donald Blake was created by Odin because Thor naturally had already existed for a long time. You know, all those stories about Thor wasn't just a coincidence. Same guy. And so then when the Thor comic got into telling all these stories about Asgard, like over here is Loki and here's Odin and here's Balder, then naturally the question becomes, well, where the fuck did all these people come from? Thor just got here because that cave in Norway. When god business is over for the day, do all the gods just like stamp their various accessories once on the ground and they all turn into like a complete medical convention? No, they're full-time gods. And so is Thor. He's always been Thor. But Odin decided he needed to learn humility. So he created Donald Blake from Thor and took away his memory of being Thor. And then Thor kind of got his ego in check from dealing with disability and also from having his entire experience and memory and personality wiped. That helps with those stubborn character flaws. And so Odin lets Donald Blake, who, remember, is, is imaginary. Odin imagined him, so that has some weight, but Donald Blake was never born, you know? Donald Blake was never a baby, not really. Thor was turned into Donald Blake as kind of editorial meddling on the part of Odin. So this invented person goes to medical school, goes to the whole thing, does everything we just heard about in the story, and then years later, after Thor has been superheroing up a storm, literally, on Earth, Odin is like, you know how you're secretly Donald Blake? 
Thor's like, yeah. He's like, you're not secretly Donald Blake. Donald Blake is secretly not Donald Blake. And Thor's like, well, I guess I'm not going into work tomorrow. He's surprisingly chill about this revelation. He continues to switch forms back and forth. He neglects his medical practice more and more. And then there's this whole thing. Later, like, Donald Blake comes back as a separate being because of Ragnarok. And then the Enchantress came in. And then he talked to the Midgard Serpent. Anyway, all that's much later. It needn't concern us. Hadn't happened by the time this module was written. The point is, you can't really stop Thor from being Thor. Because he's already Thor. He's just, Odin has turned him temporarily into a person who thinks he's a person, but he's not really a person. He's basically a three-dimensional fake ID. He's Odin's AU version of Thor, where Thor is not a god, but a doctor, and is much nicer than Thor actually is. So, if Kang went back and tried to stop Donald Blake from becoming Thor, it might initially seem fairly obvious how to do that. You go to the secret chamber in the cave, you take away the staff. I'm pretty sure anybody can pick up and take the staff wherever they want to go. It's it's only when it's in hammer form that people can't. So yeah, Kang could just pick up the stick before Donald Blake ever finds it, and just take off. I mean, Kang is a time traveler. He could take it to another time. Now, sometimes Thor can use his hammer to travel through time, and theoretically, Thor's hammer comes back to him wherever it is. But if Thor could call his hammer from across time and make it open a time portal to come to him, then presumably Mjolnir would react that way at all moments in its history, and if Thor attempted that, he would be pummeled by infinite Mjolnirs, which would be great. I think maybe he tried this once, and he just doesn't do it. He can, but he just doesn't. He learned his lesson. Maybe that was part of his journey to humility, is calling out to me my hammer and getting just buried in an avalanche of Mjolnirs. But but if Kang did this, what would happen then? Odin eventually wants Thor back, so he's going to want to arrange to put Mjolnir in his path, right? Ideally, Donald Blake would do the secret chamber in the cave thing, but if that doesn't work out, if, if Donald Blake goes on vacation and goes into the cave, and it's like, what's this? A secret room with nothing in it? Someone's been procedurally generating dungeons again. I guess I'll lie down and cry about it. First of all, Odin has been waiting for this moment, so he would notice this. He'd be like, well, where's Mjolnir? It was right there. I turned it into a cane for some reason, and then I put it right there. No one has been in the room. Wait, Kang has been in the room. I'm pretty sure Odin can see the past, and Odin has a limited ability to see the future. I'm not sure if Odin can time travel, though. I don't know if he could go get the hammer. Certainly he could make a new hammer given enough time. But there might not be enough time because, you'll remember, there are stone aliens. They might kill Donald Blake. I mean, presumably throughout his life, he, you know, got illnesses, had injuries, cuts and bruises and scrapes, couldn't move rocks and got real mad about it. You know, the slings and arrows. So it's not like he's secretly invincible as Donald Blake and he's just never noticed. But then, I mean, if he actually gets killed... Like, he, he gets stomped by a stone alien, and his body is crushed. It's a mortal body. I don't know what happens, because Thor can die. He's just usually too tough to die from a mere rockman stomp. But Thor isn't immortal. He can die. So, does he just die? Because right now he's immortal. Odin fucked up and gave him a Donald Blake body, and now he's crushed. Or does Odin see this coming already? Like, if someone makes off with Mjolnir and takes it to the 40th century, is Odin instantly going to be like, wait a minute, wait a minute. There's like 2,000 years here with no Mjolnir. Something has gone wrong. And then he would just go like punt Kang's time ship into the sun or whatever. No worries. There are more Kangs. And then take Mjolnir and put it back where it goes. Who knows how many times Kang has had this idea and been punted into the sun. But if Odin can do that, then surely events that are going to completely throw off the whole course of Thor's life should similarly ping him, you know, pop up on his godhood. Something is fucking up everything for Thor, everything I've planned. He put down his hammer for one second, and somebody grabbed it with a drone and time-traveled it to caveman days. Again, whatever it is, 
And then in that case, it seems like Odin would get involved if Kang took out every other superhero but Thor such that there's not a Thor, right? Because that, that's the goal here. Kang is going to make it so there are no superheroes, as we're going to see. If that's the result, no superheroes means no Thor. And if there's no Thor, then Odin should know. So is it the case that Odin can't get involved in a situation like this, and at any time a time traveler could just go to that cave and take the hammer disguised as a stick and just run it out of bounds to a different time period, and Odin would be like, well, shit, goddamn, I messed it up. It's on me. I mean, I have to admit, I fucked this one up. I had a son. His name was Thor. He was Thor forever. He was the mightiest of the gods. He started to get a little bit of a big head. And I'm like, for 24 years of your immensely long life, experience the tiniest bit of vulnerability and misfortune. Like you're a good-looking, wealthy, well-respected doctor in New York City who's also extremely bright, and there's a beautiful woman who loves you, but you have a limp. It's like you're a romance novel protagonist. We would hate you if you had everything, so have everything except one thing. And then when I wasn't looking, somebody took the hammer you were supposed to find at the end of that 25 years and turned back into Thor, and you got stomped by a rock man, now Thor is gone forever. Obviously, if that's the case, you would want to, like, ward the secret chamber to make sure you're not going to get any Kangs in there. But if it's this easy, you don't even need to take Mjolnir. You can go onto the mountain, not into the room, but onto the mountain, and just trip Donald Blake when he's climbing up. Problem solved. Save a step for a rock man. If a time traveler could do that, then couldn't anybody do it, though? Like, at this point, you don't need time travel. The aliens could have killed him. If he had not scrambled up the rocks so fast, he'd be dead now. That can't be right. And this is just the tip of the iceberg. There are all kinds of order of operations problems. Like, consider when Odin made Donald Blake just out of nothing, he had to have some kind of like background. He had to have some kind of identification to get into medical school, to set up a practice, to pay his taxes, all this stuff. He, he needs to have had some kind of documentation. So Odin, unless he is now in the business of just like having the dwarves craft him fake immunization records and shit, presumably Odin kind of corrected the timeline so that retroactively there was a past for Donald Blake. Like he might have not ever thought, hey, isn't it weird that I don't have parents or a childhood? But if anybody else had thought to ask, Boy, it's interesting that all evidence points to Donald Blake not having existed until he went to medical school. There would be something there for them to find, because if not, you know, he would have gotten called out of class one day into the administration office and told that he's not real and gently expelled, probably, I feel. So what then happens if you're Kang and you think, I've got Odin's number, he's not good at dealing with time travelers, I don't want to go fuck around with Mjolnir at all, so I'm going to wait for the moment when Thor gets turned into Donald Blake wait for him to walk like two blocks down the street to the apartment that he retroactively has had for years. And then when I'm sure Odin's not looking anymore, I'll shoot him with a death ray. Kang out, problem solved. This puts us in a very weird situation in terms of the timeline where there retroactively was a Donald Blake for a whole lifetime, but there only actually was a Donald Blake for just a minute. And he never turned back into Thor. I can understand why Kang didn't want any part of this. He took the better route, which as you'll discover, if you are interested in this and read any further uh, early Thor comics, the best thing you can do about Thor, really, is just stand back and let his dad be a dick to him. Odin fucks everything up for Thor. He makes really bad decisions. Intellectually, emotionally, Odin is as old as the hills in the sky and not ready for kids. You don't want to take that heat, so leave Thor's hammer alone. Let Thor do his thing. Eventually, Odin's going to take his powers and his hammer away and his beautiful long hair, and you can just discreetly snicker about it, which is Probably what happened in this scenario, I guess. Like, if I have to have a headcanon for this, with no Fantastic Four, there was an alien invasion, and mild-mannered Donald Blake had been planning a Norwegian vacation, but you know, when the time comes around that you can go, you're mostly just tired, you know, you're a doctor, you want to take a break, not go do this whole thing, especially because of the leg. So he hasn't gone to Norway and found the hammer yet, Odin's waiting and waiting, and then he looks down one day and finds a pile of dust where Donald Blake got disintegrated by an alien from Planet X or whatever, 
And Odin is like, whatever. He did it to himself. Deser- he deserved it. He spent 25 quasi-real years saying he wanted to take a trip to Norway. He got the time off. He didn't take the trip to Norway. Now he's a pile of dust and he's my son. But at the same time, you fucking did this by not following through, like always. So yeah, I think I think probably Kang indirectly killed Thor passively through neglectful parenting. So mystery solved. A dumb story with a dumb ending. And when I take a peek at my audacity window and see how much of my precious recording session I spent telling this dumb story, it makes me want to strike a boulder in anger with an archaeological treasure. Join me next time when we discuss another glaring omission from Kang's retroactive hit list on MDC, the Mega Dumbcast. This has been MDC. New episodes drop every day except for Sundays, when all the previous week's episodes drop in one big megasode on the top-secret patrons-only RSS feed. If you'd like to get access to that feed and support the show, go to patreon.com slash megadumbcast. Contact me however you want. I am Megadumbcast on Twitter, Gmail, Podbean, your favorite podcatcher, etc., etc. This episode's music, used under Creative Commons license, is Take Us to the Nearest Starbase by Astrometrics, whose work you can find at soundcloud.com slash astrometricsband. <laughs>